0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the High on the Hogs podcast preview edition. This is your host, Steve Henson, and joining me, as always, is my buddy Tyler Davis. Tyler, how's it going this week?
1: Steve, man, it feels good. It's game week again. The bye week is over. I, last week, I kind of felt like Will Ferrell and Talladega Nights. So I didn't know what to do with my hands, but I'm glad for the Razorbacks to have a game again. I mean, that's that's definitely the most I've I've missed Razorback football in, in years. I, I, I was it was killing me to not to. Be able to watch them on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I had in our I had in our notes this week the bye week boredom and how did you survive? I mean it was it was rough. I mean it's for the first time you're not like looking forward to the bye week to be like oh my god can we not play again this week <laughs> and so or or knowing like oh thank goodness I don't have to get up early for the eleven o'clock kickoff watch us get our right. butts kicked and then and then be sad the rest of the day now it's like I don't want it to be a bye week I want us to play this week like come on so yeah it was. It was rough. There was some good stuff. It was interesting. Had uh, It's funny, we didn't even talk about this, Andy and I, on the podcast on, on Monday, but uh, had some good UFC last weekend, so that's kind of in the middle of the day of all times. It was really odd. Um, so that was kind of what kept me um, entertained, I guess, this weekend uh, was that and a couple of other good college games that were going on. So, uh, good Saturday. Got to spend some time with the family and, and do a little bit of nothing. So, um, you know, this week it's we got football back, but of course, uh, you know, we begged for these six o'clock, six 30 kickoffs. And now with children, we have a six 30 kickoff on Halloween night, which means leave me alone from six to 11, all alerts off. I don't want to know a thing. Cause my TV is going to be paused for a good hour or two.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure how that's going to go. It's, it's my daughter's first Halloween. So it's like, I'm I'm gonna, probably going to be on dad duty. I know my parents are coming up for the weekend. We're going to have a party with my in-laws and, but it's just right smack dab in the middle of Halloween, so I'm like, maybe it's going to be a, a mommy daughter trick or treating type of thing. I don't know. I got to watch this game. I don't. I think I'm going to have to find a way to talk talk myself out of out of going trick or treating, so I can watch the Razorbacks. Hopefully, get an upset victory over A and M
0: for sure. I'm I'm looking forward to it one way or another. Even if I have to pause it for an hour, come back, and then just get to fast right. forward through all the boring stuff. Either way, I'm going to watch it one way or another because. Otherwise, my my buddy Andy will be giving me a hard time because for the first few weeks of the season, I've given him a hard time because... He, he, he likes to go hunting on Friday nights or Saturday mornings mm. and then try to watch the game while he's driving home. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> well. you're not watching the game that way, and you're going to kill yourself. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, we, we don't condone that here. No, no. <laughs> don't try that. Just li- just just turn it to, to, to 1037 The Buzz and listen to the game. And, there you go. And you can, br- you can get it all in from Chuck, and, and, and it sounds so much better anyway. So, yeah. All right, man. So, crazy week. We've had so many different things to try to figure out what to talk about. Usually this is the time where we we kind of talk about the game last week, but we're not going to bore you with just going back over what we went over last week. And, and so, there's been some interesting things that have come out this week, and it's actually led to some interesting conversations in our group chat. And um, I, I thought it would be fun to bring up a couple of them. And, and so, I want to start with this one. So... Earlier in the week, I started seeing people like throwing all over Facebook. Arkansas is a fifteen-point dog to Texas A&M. How's that possible? Arkansas gets no respect. This is crap. Well, you know, and everybody's losing their minds because Arkansas is a fifteen-point favorite. And then I pull up a twenty-four-seven like uh, it was a, um, I guess, a power ranking that was on twenty-four-seven Sports today, and it has Arkansas at eleventh. So. Ooh. My question, which I was a little shocked by that. I was more shocked by the eleventh than I was. Yeah. Arkansas being I a fifteen point dog, you know, like that's. Okay. Yeah. And I'm gonna pull that article up in here in just a second if I can find it again. But, um, but anyway, my question is, is is Arkansas, all right, is Arkansas getting screwed out of the respect that they have earned to this point, or are Hog fans overconfident to this point? Right. I
1: mean. Are you really an Arkansan if you don't feel like you're getting screwed out of respect? I I almost feel like that's blasphemous. So, I mean, I I vote, even though, yes, they're getting way more national notoriety than they have in recent years. I mean, you can't deny that. But like you said, I mean, they're still heavy underdogs according to Vegas lines. They're not getting near enough votes in the top 25 polls, in my opinion. There are power rankings out there that are not giving them the credit they deserve. I mean, if you just look at it, the Razorbacks are 2-2. Two and two. I get it. That's not flashy. But let's be real about it. They should be 3-1. and one. I know it. You know it. Bo Nix's mom knows it. Everybody in the nation knows that Arkansas should be a 3-1 football team. And I think that the respect that they get should come according to that specific record. I think that Arkansas should either be a ranked team or at least more on the fringe than, the, than they are. I know if you look at the AP and the coaches, Poll, I think they have 15 votes and 17 votes respectively in those. But you have like an Iowa State and Oklahoma both ranked at 3-2. and two. USC hasn't even played a game, and they're ranked, I think. They're like 21st. I mean, Auburn has more votes than Arkansas, and I get that they have a better record. But one, they shouldn't have beaten the Razorbacks, and I don't think anybody can say that they've looked like a better team than Arkansas so far this year. And, and on defense, defense has gotten a lot of publicity so far. And rightfully so. I mean, it's been a historic 180. And while they are getting a lot of that praise and, and pomp and circumstance, I think that there are still a lot of people out there that are trying to play it down. I saw something the other, the other day that ranked Arkansas as like the fifth or sixth best defense in the SEC. And while, yeah, that's a dramatic improvement, I still don't think that's giving them the credit. I mean, I think that they're top three if you look at the, the statistics and the ability to turn the other teams over. And while the offensive rankings of the teams that they've played don't look quite as good now, I mean, that's in large part because of what Arkansas did to those teams. They were sky high coming into those games against the Razorbacks and got totally exposed. And Arkansas has really been the blueprint for how to shut those teams down. And like you said, they opened as a 15-point dog or 12 or 13, depending on where you look. And I get it's a road game. I get that A&M's a top-10 team. But that did feel a little bit disrespectful to me, considering the way that Arkansas looked. They're 4-0 and against the spread so far this year. Um, so don't get me wrong. I-, I-, I get that the Razorbacks are getting a lot more love than they've gotten in the past. But I think that they've earned every bit of it so far. And, and I really think they maybe they just need to win a game like A&M to really solidify themselves nationally.
0: So... Uh- Okay, we agree a whole lot on this podcast, and today I'm going to disagree with you, which is, <laughs> li- which is likely going to upset some Hog fans that may listen. Now, I want to—I want to preface this first by saying, be excited, Hog fans! I love it. Like I love the. I love the the confidence. I love the as I'm going to put it, a little bit of overconfidence. We talked about this last week. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun to see hog fans talking trash to other play or other not other players, yeah. but other other <laughs> teams and other fans uh, versus our own players and our own fans. Like it's so much more fun to to, to to when this is going on. And so yes, it's exciting. And yes, Arkansas has been screwed over. And now we get to kind of join the bandwagon of everyone hating the SEC now that it happened to Ole Miss last week. Right. So all of those things combined, yes, I mean, it, it creates a lot of fun and a lot of excitement. But so we're looking at an A&M team that beat Florida. Um, we're looking at an A&M team that, you know, played played pretty well against Bama for a half, which is what most people have been able to do is play okay against Alabama for a half. And then Alabama just imposes their will. <laughs> And, and this is an Alabama, I mean an AM team that obviously I've I've shown some affinity for this year, which is hard for me to say as an Arkansas fan. But I think they're a pretty good team. They've got some really good pieces. So when Arkansas came into this week as a 15 point dog, and and let me just let me go back to one other thing. I gave Will in our group chat a hard time over that circa, whatever, that betting book, that sports book was. Right. Dude, they opened a new casino in Vegas, and it's like the first billion dollar casino to be built from the ground up and it's in old Vegas. So it's down on Fremont and it's that it's the circa, whatever. It's like the same sports book and it's they, okay. So they're legit. Like they're out, their outfit is actually really legit. Like I compared them to mm-hmm. Oakland and that's not even fair. Like nothing against Oakland, but that's <laughs> not even fair. O- Oakland yeah. doesn't have like the world's largest, Bar like this, this place has the world's largest bar. I forgot how I'm totally going to mess it up, but it's like stupid amount. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's got 120 beers on tap. So I mean, wow. yeah, Oakland don't have that. And so, and no comparison there. So, so I mean, a 15 point line was a little surprising to me. And I think it's funny when I saw people get upset about the number and the number at the end of the day is to get people upset. It was to get Arkansas fans to bet that number right. down to right. 10 or 11 which I think is roughly where it's at, right around eleven right now. Which is probably, probably. Uh, I mean, I think I think A and M probably deserves that to be, a, you know, what are they, a top ten team right now? Um, In their home, I get it. Yeah, at home, they're, they're going to have way more than the twenty seven thousand people they're supposed to. We all know that. So I mean. At the end of the day, I, I just I feel like Hog fans, and, and it's great. That's what, I, that's what we all love about it. And I'm one of them. We're, we're just fans. We're nothing. You know, it's not like we have, a, we, we have a podcast that's fans. That's all there is to it. And so we're, not, we're, we're fans as well, and I get excited. And so, for me, I look at it from this perspective. I think that Arkansas is getting the respect they deserve. I think with everything that happened in the Auburn game and all the love that Arkansas is getting, you're seeing Sam Pittman everywhere. Everybody's talking great about Arkansas. So, to me, I think Arkansas is getting a ton of credit right now, and I think fans are just getting overconfident. And, and while I, some people may think of me saying that as a bad thing, I think it's great. I think it's fun. I said that to begin with. I think Arkansas fans going crazy and being overconfident is a lot of fun. But I think also it leads to where Arkansas fans are out in front, saying, "Oh, we're better. You know, we're better than everybody." And and for the first time in a long time, when I start thinking about my picks before a game. Like, I want to pick Arkansas every week, and it's not just like I know. Yeah, I feel that. And part of it is because we're so excited, and this team is good. Yeah. But to be fair, we don't know how good this team really is, and we're going to find out a lot about that this week against A&M, I believe.
1: Now, I get that, and I think that those are all fair and valid points. Now, when you say overconfident, do you mean as it pertains to this weekend against A&M or the rest of the season or just in general, you think – Arkansas fans might be blowing up this team a little bit bigger than what it actually is as a whole.
0: So I think Arkansas fans are just as a whole – well, maybe not. I, and I, don't, I don't think this team is being overhyped as a whole. I just think the fan base in terms is in, – in, in general is getting overconfident in this team. And, and we do it. And, and I think part of it is not having fall camp and not having, you know, fall practices where we could all go and we were all rushing to the message boards to see what craziness happened in practice this week. And, mm-hmm. and then the coaches are coming out and telling us, it's a great practice. We threw the ball well. We, we played defense well. So the fan base is like, oh, we're going 12-0. We didn't and have that this year. We didn't get that. We were all like, Arkansas is going 0-10. We didn't have a fall. Yeah. We're 4-20. <laughs> we suck. Now all of a sudden we're supposed to be 3-1. and and this fan base, rightfully so, is all up in their feels. And and again, fair enough, man. Like I'm all about it, but I, I to answer your question, yes, I think the fan base is just a little overconfident in general for this team. Is I guess the, yeah. is what I'm saying. And I get that. And like like you kind of hinted at.
1: I mean, I Razorback fans tend to do that just naturally. I mean, I think we've done that in the past with teams. And obviously, when you go from being a cellar dweller, the laughing stock of the conference to a a pretty favorable team in the conference, you're going to automatically have that confidence. Uh, But but I just think with the way the defense has played, and and I think as sustainable as that is, and the offense, I don't think it's even close to reach its full potential. I just feel like it's going to continue to get better. I think Arkansas should be three and one, like I said. I, I don't know. I just think the work that they've done is worthy of top twenty five based on the other teams that I've seen this season, and I know that that's really kind of petty and and a, a vague argument. It doesn't really matter at this at this point anyway. Uh, so I see what you're saying. I would just like Arkansas to to be considered and get the respect that I feel they deserve as a three and one team as opposed to being two and two. But like you said, this weekend will be a big put up or shut up moment for them.
0: And maybe it's just me still. Like, I don't, I'm don't. i going to use a term. Maybe it's the wrong term. It is the wrong term, but I'm going to use it anyway. <laughs> I feel like it's – I have Razorback PTSD.
1: Right? Yeah. It's like yeah. I just
0: keep waiting for that shoe to drop where we're going to suck. And, and, well, and, I mean, it's, it's, we, we've been through that so many times. So, I mean, I,
1: at any moment that could happen and we could all be like, here we go again. So, I understand being a natural skeptic when it comes to Razorback sports. Um, I don't – I have that same feeling a lot of times myself, so I can't blame you for feeling
0: that way. Yeah, that's the tough part for me. That's that's probably where it is with me. Is it's like I keep just waiting, and I'm like, okay. And and, and so I mean, Georgia it was what it was. Mississippi State proved some things to me, you know. But then when you you know you look at what happened against Auburn Arkansas, obviously should have won that one. And, and then the Ole Miss game, and so I mean, I you know I, I'm I'm I'm. I guess cautiously optimistic is where I'm at as a fan right now. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to be. What concerns me more than anything is if Arkansas goes in and gets beat by two or three touchdowns to A&M, then all of a sudden the pitchfork folks come back out. and I'm like, right? no, we don't want the complete opposite. Like, come on, man. (laughs) So, anyway, all right. So the other piece of news that came out this week that had Hog fans all up in a tizzy – and, and, and I'll go, I'll jump on this one first. So it was, yeah. an, it was announced this week that the Hogs A&M game will go back to Jerry World next season. Should Hunter check and the Hogs have fought this? So first off, I want to get this out. I hate the game in Dallas. I think it's dumb. The first <laughs> couple of years were a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was a blast. We went to the first two, I think. The first one for sure. Yeah, we went first two. And they were a blast. Had an absolute great time. The A&M fans that we interacted with were a lot of fun. Parking for tailgating was stupid expensive, but it was still a lot of fun. The you know Everything about the whole trip is really expensive, but it's a good time. But to me, it's kind of played itself out. And now that it's an SEC game, I hate the fact that we play it at a neutral site. I think it needs to be played home and home, and let's replace that game with another Texas school, whether it be TCU, Texas, Texas, mm-hmm. I don't care. Give me anybody else in Texas. He'll rotate all the Texas schools in that game. I don't care. But I just hate I – I don't, I don't care for that game being there. So I want to put that out there first. But in this particular circumstance, number one, Uncle Jerry's paying the university a good chunk of money. That would be Arkansas's home game, so they're probably going to stand and make a few bucks off of this. Jerry's going to make it worth their while. Number two, and I made this point to – I think in our group chat and to some other folks – A&M is, and and we know we'll we'll be counting numbers this weekend, but technically A&M can only have 27,000 people in the stadium this weekend. So let's just assume that next fall, that COVID's gone and stadiums are 100% full. So we're going to play in Fayetteville next year, but when that game rolls around, Arkansas, you're only allowed 20,000 people in the stands. That's it. Every other game you can have your 70,000. But for that game only, you can have 20. Are Arkansas fans going to accept that? No. No one's going to accept that. They're not going to say, sure, cut the stadium in half for that one game, whereas we could be in Dallas and it be potentially full. So... I, I think it's being – I think it's something that's being made – it's being blown out of proportion by fans because they think that the – and I saw people like, oh, the SEC's screwing us or a and screwing us. And then it came out that, that Urechek and the Razorbacks are the ones that made the decision to go ahead and go back to Dallas. And they're like, oh, Urechek's an idiot. He's he, he should stand up to the <laughs> SEC. And then I'm like, come on, y'all. Like – at the end of the day, we have a contract to play in this place, and as much as I dislike the game being there, and I think a lot of fans have kind of gotten over it a little bit, I think that it's – you know, this is not the SEC screwing people. What happened in the Auburn game in the against Auburn is the SEC screwing Arkansas. Like, if we want to get mad about the SEC, you know, disrespecting Arkansas, that's where you get mad. Not in this scenario where right. the university just did what they – was really it's, – it's, it's the common sense move, in my opinion. And so – I don't have a problem with them moving the game back. I just – I would be ecstatic if they came out after next year and said, okay, we're not going to play this game here anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with with a lot of the things that you said there. I think overall, in general, I'm going to take the opposite stance. I mean, when when I first heard about it, I mean, my initial reaction was, of course A&M's going to pull some kind of nonsensical shenanigans like this. Uh, But then, like you said, they came out and said that it was Arkansas's kind of mutual decision to do that. And it really confused me. And it it really does feel like surely this has to do with Jerry Jones and the financial aspect of it. I mean, I get that, that he's paying a lot of money to the university and he stands to benefit a lot of money from that. I mean, just to argue the opposite side though. I mean, you would think if he really cared that much about the university, he'd, he'd want them to be able to play that game at home. I think it's more beneficial to the school to be able to do that. Maybe have a better chance of winning. I mean, obviously, I'm not a lawyer or anything like that. Contractually, I don't know what's going on or what what the words, the the, the verbiage is in the contract. But when a And M came into the SEC, they were flexible with it, and they did a home and home. They were flexible for a And M this year with COVID to allow them to play at home. So I, it just feels like it's only it's only equal um, to return that favor and then play the game and say it till next year. I mean, I know that you. You, you, I brought up the example. Maybe if they have twenty-seven, I mean, they're probably going to have fifty-plus thousand in the stands on Saturday, which isn't is yeah. much fewer than what Arkansas would have <laughs> next year. So I just feel like it makes sense to return that. I mean, A and M already, like like we said, has more of a home field advantage this year than than most teams do this season. And, and, and what bothers me the most about this is if that's the case, and they play that game and a neutral side in Arlington. I mean, you only have two SEC home games next year. I mean, you have Missouri and Little Rock and, and, and A&M and Arlington and two SEC home games, I and mean, that's crazy to me. I mean, I, I feel like it's obvious a, a net negative for the school for both revenue purposes and recruiting purposes. Now, I mean, I, I know I don't know what Jerry has agreed to do. He may be making it worth their while, like you said, but it just feels like a net negative to me. I mean, even with Texas coming in as a home game, I just don't think it makes up for it. And ultimately, I think that it screws the season ticket holders who have kind of already got the short end of the stick this year. I mean, if I was paying a lot of my hard-earned money for season tickets this season and next year, I think I'd be a little bit irked about all this. I mean, you only—you probably only got a few games this year, and those seats, you may have moved from the 50 to the upper deck regardless of your donation, and then next year you're only going to get two SEC home games? I don't I don't know. That just doesn't feel like a, like a proper return on your investment. And then it just hurts, it hurts recruiting. I mean, you can't host recruits. You can't do campus visits. I know that, obviously, that A&M's not getting that benefit because of the dead period this year. But it's it, it just – that's something you lose out on next season if that's allowed. And so, I mean, I, I, I like this State games. But I'm with you. I wish it was a non-conference game. I think Cowboys Stadium is awesome. I've been to a couple of Arkansas A&M games there. And it's a lot of fun. But I just don't think it benefits the university as much as playing at home would next season. I feel it's only fair and equitable for them to return the favor that they allowed A&M to have this year. And both schools really do seem to want to get out of that contract. So I'm with you. It feels like this decision was mostly just because they want to get out of the contract. They didn't want to add an extra year to the contract or anything like that. So they said, let's just play it. We're back in Jerry World next season, get done with this by 2024, and then go back to a home-and-home home home type thing.
0: Yeah, and, and I agree with with what you said there too. I mean, you're right in the in a lot of what you were talking about in terms of you know the fairness to Arkansas and the fact that when you know when they when they when A and M came into the SEC, they were you know they were willing to work that out and and go home and home. So I definitely agree <laughs> with with parts of that, and, and and I can see that side of it. And and I mean, you know, maybe you've convinced me a little bit here to to throw the fit and say we need to play this in Fayetteville. <laughs> I mean. I'm not throwing a fit, but but I, I just think if if you're going to make the argument that well you have
1: a contract you have to stick with it. I mean they've shown in the past that they've had the ability to be
0: flexible. Yeah, and I think and the especially contra- with. I think the contractual argument is is dumb to me. I, I think that – Yeah. You know, because you're right. They have moved – I mean, they moved it this year. I mean, so right, it's exactly. not like you can't move it next year and whether you extend it out or – I mean, look, come on. Like, you, you really think that if Arkansas – if they don't play this game for those two years, you don't extend it out, do you really think that Arkansas is not – Gonna take their opportunity to still play in that stadium in the future, just in a non-conference capacity. So I mean, right. it's, you're still gonna get games there, and, and you're likely maybe gonna get a better game because again, I think that if, if you notice, if you watch the 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 attendance has kind of gone down each year for that game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: so you know, and a, part, a big part of that is the money, and a big part of that is obviously that as nice as that stadium is, it's. It's kind of wore out its welcome I guess is the best way to put it I, I was um, I was in journalism school at Texarkana College when they were building that thing and we went down uh, for the I don't whatever that tipa uh, the 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 riders deal down there to, and mm-hmm. had a big competition, a riding competition and stuff. When we were down there, and it was a lot of fun. Like, and it was really neat. Like, we had to do the tour and go through the stadium. And I, the one thing like that I'll never forget. And I took a picture, and I can't find the picture anymore. But the one thing that I'll never forget is standing in that standing room area only area where you know, like it's the cheap seats where you can just come in and stand. And then looking right. down, they were just building the big jump, the big scoreboard, and looking down and seeing an eighteen wheeler that from our our vantage point just looked like a matchbox truck down there in the, in the bottom <laughs> of the stadium it, it's phenomenal and I mean it was really neat yeah that first it weekend. is but for me I'm not going back like I mean maybe if there was a really intriguing game like maybe if the Niners were playing the Cowboys the following Sunday I might make a weekend out of it but right. I mean all in all I mean you know if you moved Texas and Arkansas to, to Jerry World next year I mean I, I want that game in Fayetteville don't get me wrong but yeah if, if you decided to do Texas in Jerry World next year I'd go I'd go to that before I'd go to A&M again. I mean, that's just – and I think a lot of Hog fans feel that way. I think if you really want to continue to sell it out each year, stop doing this – the the conference thing and find a non-conference matchup that you can put there that makes sense. And, and I think in COVID times, I think we may see that as we get out of COVID because I think schools might start looking more at the regional matchups – you know, right. because they've learned, hey, we can save some pretty good money here, and, and and the you know obviously the travel and everything else. So I think you may see more of those regional matchups start happening too. And so hopefully we do because I'd love to see us match up. I, I hate TCU's fan base after our experience there. <laughs> I'd love to see us get to play them, uh, you know, and then maybe you know just like I said, rotate the Texas schools. I think would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and just real quick closer on this topic, I think I think a lot of my frustrations. Um, on this just kind of flow into, you know, the great stadium debate and playing games in Little Rock. and I, Just the years that you have a game in Little Rock and a game in Arlington, it just feels like such a disadvantage for the program as far as overall revenue and recruiting that it, it just doesn't make sense. I, it, it, I mean, I, both those contracts, as far as I know, I think end in 2024. I don't know what the future holds for either of them. Um, obviously I think it makes more sense to play in Cowboy Stadium than it does in Little Rock, even though I'm from Central Arkansas. It just doesn't feel like a, an SEC-level venue um, and, and, and playing surface and all that, but that's a totally different story. Oh, it, just, it, it, just, it, just, it just bothers me that Arkansas loses out on so many good SEC home games in Fayetteville when they have such great facilities and they can bring those recruits in. And, and Arkansas has shown in the past when they can get guys on campus a lot of times they can close the deal because people aren't expecting what they see. So I, I just – I'm an advocate for get as many home games as you can in the SEC in Fayetteville. And so this is just another example of, of losing out on that.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's move on to this game, this matchup this weekend. Obviously, number eight A&M comes to town, 12-point favorite, 11-12-point favorite depending on what book you're looking at. And, um, and so – Really, real. I'm excited about this game. I'm torn, but I'm excited. You look at it. A and M is sixth in total offense in the SEC. Arkansas is 13th. A and M 10th in passing offense in the SEC. Arkansas is 11th. And my notes just went crazy. Uh, (laughs) What just happened? It just literally just took all my notes away. All right, that was fun. I don't know what just happened.
1: So anyway, (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, we could just jump into talking about the series itself because I know. Um, we've, talk, we've talked before about playing Ole Miss and all the crazy games that they've had, but Arkansas A&M always seems to be a close game no matter the circumstances. I know Arkansas still leads the series 41-32-3 despite losing every single game since A&M's joined the SEC. Uh, but if you look at it and go back and look at the games, I mean, they've lost five of the last eight by one score or less, including the last three, despite being an absolutely terrible football team. They still found a way to stay within one score, seven points or less, um, to A&M. There's been multiple heartbreakers, I know, just to name a few. The the Christian Kirk kickoff return for a touchdown. No idea why you kick it to that guy. The terrible pass interference call on Cam Curl. Um, The ridiculous tripping call on on Dan Skipper when Jonathan Williams had that long run, and it was the only one that they called the entire football season. So Arkansas has just had a lot of bad breaks and have found ways to lose games to A&M. Um, but it, it seems like no matter what the, the situation is, the record or the talent on either side, that it's always a great football game.
0: Without a doubt. And and, and so my stats have failed me, but I'm just going to jump over here into the game. That was my notes. Just I, I don't know what just happened. They just <laughs> like I literally was looking at my notes, reading them, and then they went away. Thank you, iPhone. All right, so let's get over here. All right, so getting into the, some of the numbers here, uh, A&M's allowed about 354 yards uh, per game. Arkansas about 418 yards a game. Where you can get A&M is in the passing game, which, you know, we've talked about this on many occasions and, and, and what, you know, what Arkansas needs to do. And we'll talk about this a little bit here in, as far as keys to the success. Um, but what they do well is they defend the run. They've been very good against the run this year. I think they, if I remember right from the stats, I was looking at they're, they're top 10, I think that's somewhere in the seventh seven. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, against the, against the rush. So um, been very good in that statistic in that category. Um, not great against the pass. Um, and, and then offensively, You know, they're really good at running the football. And then Kellen Mond is kind of what he is. He's had some big games. He's had some down games. But when you look at the numbers, he's almost identical to what Franks has done. Franks is 82 of 128, Mond 80 of 130. You know, Franks has eight touchdowns to three picks, nine touchdowns to two picks, ten more yards. So very similar in the quarterback situation. I think the big difference in this game for A&M is going to be their offensive line. And while it's not an overly highly touted offensive line, it's a very experienced offensive line that has played together for several years, and it's shown very well in how well they've been able to open up the open up lanes for Isaiah Spiller.
1: Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head on all of those. I mean, their major strengths are – their play up front, um, running the ball, stopping the run. I mean, as far as on offense, like you said, Isaiah Spiller, he's tough. He's he's got 64 carries for 430 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I think they're 44th in in the country in rushing, which doesn't sound great, but they average 172 yards a game and and over five yards a carry. And they've run for over 180 yards in three of the four games, including 205 against Florida. I know the Alabama game kind of brought them down a little bit on that. Um, like you said, with the offensive line, I mean, they, they've got four seniors, um, so they're really experienced. And, and even more impressive to me on their offensive line, uh, beyond the rushing game, is their ability to keep Kellen Mond um, clean. I mean, they're tied for third in the country in sacks allowed. They've only given up two sacks all season long. Um, and then stopping the run, yeah, they, they, they only give up 75 yards per game and only 2.75 yards per carry, which... It's got to be concerning if you're a Razorback fan because obviously that's the offensive area that Arkansas has really struggled with the most and really needs to get going. And this hasn't necessarily been the team to do it against so far this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, running the football, stopping the run and and offensive line player are their major areas of strength this year.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, outside of Isaiah Spiller, they got a guy by the name of Aeneas Smith, a sophomore who kind of resembles a – he's kind of a, a Traylon Smith type guy. Yeah, yeah. Smith guys with little short Smith guys, 5'10", 190. And, but, I mean, he's their leading receiver at 223 right. yards receiving. Uh, three touchdowns in the through the air, a touchdown on the ground. I mean, the guy, he's kind of an, he's, again, he's almost in the Traylon Smith mold of how I think they want Traylon to be used. They would hope to have, a, Arkansas would hope to have a Boyd. Smith kind of like the Spiller Smith show they got going in AM right now right. And so and so from there that does concern me obviously you know we've we I've been hard on the linebackers and I've been on my apology tour but this is another week where the linebackers are going to be tested and really the defensive is going to be tested the defensive line's been able to do a, a really good job of keeping the linebackers clean and that's been noted in the total number of tackles that guys like Morgan and Bumper Pool and even Hayden Henry have been able to 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 amass over these first four games. And, and so this week's just as important. you got to be able to allow uh, guys like Morgan. It, it looks like Bumper Pool is going to be back this week. And, and so you hope that those guys are able to stay as clean as they've been able to the last few weeks. And this defensive line uh, can do well against this A&M offensive line.
1: Yeah, and I know we we touched on this last week as far as, how well Arkansas has been playing defensively and is it sustainable and what sort of offense can give them troubles. And, and I think that this is that sort of offense. I think it's going to be a lot a lot more similar to the, the Georgia game than the other situations. It's going to be one of those, those test your manhood games. It's not going to be a, we're going to be able to rush three and sit back in zone and a lot of passing game that you're defending. It's going to be physical. Arkansas is going to have to show that they can man up take on blockers, and like you said, keep the linebackers clean and make tackles um, because a and is going to run downhill. I mean, obviously, Mond is – and we'll get into this in a second when I when we go through our, our, our A&M weaknesses or question marks as far as that. Um, but they trust Mond, I believe, but they're going to lean much more heavily on that running game and that offensive line. And, and Arkansas is going to have to man up, be strong and physical and show that they, they can win that type of game and, in addition to being a type of team that can – go zone and and force a lot of interceptions.
0: Yeah, and that's a big you know, that's a big key too is is what Arkansas is going to do? Shoot, I just lost my train of thought there. <laughs> oh man, that, that, I, shouldn't have, <laughs> I shouldn't have looked away. I was looking at something else on my phone real quick.
1: You look uh, away for one second, it doesn't see every time.
0: I know it. I had a great <laughs> comment coming, and now it just ran away from me. Um, all right, back. Let me get back on track. Here. Let me get back into my notes here. I shouldn't. I, I've got to – It says Steve got to stay. Focused, stay in there. Okay, I want to jump to the hog injuries right now as we move, continue to move forward, and um, and and where we stand. So I've been trying to get a little bit of research, looking in to see. It looks like Raheem Boyd, Grant Morgan should be back, and well, they've been there, but closer to a hundred percent. It sounds like just listening to Sam Pittman. And uh, the big name on Terrick Brown looks like he's going to be back. Obviously, we lose Jerry Jacobs, who opted out, and, and we're right. going spend a whole lot of time in whatever's going on with that. But uh, yeah. so it looks like Hudson Clark and, and, and Kari Johnson are going to find their way, themselves in, in big, uh, big moments again this week. Thankfully, this is not a you know an A and M team that is going to chuck the ball all over the field, which is going to be a little different than what we've you know been used to in this game. But uh, a big Montec Brown, Dorian Gerald, it, it sounds like a game time decision there. Don't know how uh, yeah how much we can hope for him. And of course, Bumper pulled the other piece of the linebacker position. Anything else you've heard of uh, on the on the injury front?
1: Not really. I mean, I, I think that Arkansas is probably. The healthiest they've been in a while. I mean, especially on offense. I don't. I don't know of anybody specific that that you should have to worry about not playing. Uh, like you said, Burks and Boyd should be completely good to go at this point. I mean, obviously, we don't know about the COVID test and COVID positive, um, but I haven't heard anything that makes me concerned on that end. Um, but you get. I mean, Bumper Pool has been practicing this week. It sounds like he's been pretty limited and with contact, but. I would be hard-pressed to believe that he sits this one out, um, just, just being at Texas A&M and Texas games. Um, Montero Brown back. Um, as far as Dorian Gerald, uh, like you said, he, he's a game-time decision. From, from what I've heard, I, I would lean towards maybe he needs another week and may not play. Who knows? Uh, we'll see once they get out there. I think it's another. They may not even know. I mean, obviously, Pittman's not going to tell us, but he may not even know until they warm up and see how he's moving around. But, but overall, they're yeah. I mean, they're they're the healthiest they've been in a while. It's been impressive what they've been able to do despite all the injuries. So now that they're getting guys back, I mean, they should they should be an even more well-rounded unit on both sides of the ball.
0: Well, at least we're not like Clemson and Wisconsin who've lost their star quarterbacks to COVID <laughs> this week. So. West- I think Wisconsin lost their backup, too, or something yeah. like that. Lost both guys. Yeah, Wisconsin's not playing this week, <laughs> which no. is not surprising. I mean, you would assume that their backup, they're in the same quarterback room, you would assume that both of those guys would have gotten, especially since he tested positive basically right after the game. I think, But well, even the coach has it. So I mean, it's like they're, they're, <laughs> they're, in, they're in a bad spot. I, I want to yeah. rabbit hole real quick just because I saw this, and I think this is a good little transition to put it in. Did you see the new COVID-19 policy change that the SEC is considering? no I saw that they
1: were considering one but I, I didn't honestly didn't take the time to, to look into it
0: okay it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard I mean we've heard a <laughs> lot of I'm not stuff. surprised we've heard a lot of really really stupid stuff that's happened I mean some things and we won't get into it because I could go down a long rabbit hole but some of the crazy policies and protocols it not just sports but just in general that we've put into, into practice is just weird this one, is even stranger to me though. The conference is discussing whether there should be a policy about teams doing their pregame warmups in indoor facilities instead of inside the open air stadium. What? Yeah. So like like
1: pregame, like pregame but right before the game.
0: Yes. Yeah, so whenever they're all out there stretching and doing their their pregame warm-up stuff, they want them to do those in indoor facility, adjacent indoor facilities. Now, now, I, I, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I guess. That, we, makes, that makes. I don't know. One question I have about that is who has adjacent indoor facilities? That is a good point. I mean, that doesn't seem like something that's accessible at most facilities. Yeah, and it seems to me that having teams on either side of the 50 yard line. 30 yards apart from each other would make more outside. sense outside. Yeah, would make more sense than either one trying to put them all in one indoor facility or rotating in and out of an indoor facility that they're all going to use right. in the same. I, I, I have no idea what they're thinking. I didn't even realize apparently Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss does this. Like, it's what's led to the conversation is when it rains, they warm up in their indoor, hmm. which I did not know. Well, I, I just like. Pretty much any of the,
1: the protocols and the safeguards they put in as far as pertaining to, to game day and the players that are participating in the game, I don't know. It just hasn't made a lot of sense to me because obviously if you have COVID, you're not going to be playing. I mean, I mean, unless they think that there's, there's guys that, that sneak through that, that either intentionally or they, they didn't know that they have tested positive, I just don't get it. I feel like the guys that are playing are negative. They don't have COVID, so why are we worried? I haven't seen any any data or anything that shows that the guys that have tested positive after games tested positive because of the game. I mean I think it's probably things that happened afterwards, probably in celebration or something like that. So I, I just, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think that that's overboard.
0: Yeah. A little crazy. And I didn't realize I knew there was fines for violations, but the fines, a hundred thousand dollars for the first yeah. two hundred and three, then four and Ole Miss, Tennessee and A&M have already been, have already lost money for not, Abiding yeah, by yeah. the league's mask wearing policy. So, yeah, anyway. I think it's just the coaches having the mask like either pulled down or under their
1: nose or something simple like that.
0: Yeah, like Kiffin was literally eating whatever that thing was. I think that's the <laughs> one that he got in trouble for. Was the one that was like all I don't even know what that was. But anyway, all right. I had a really great notes on this section of what we were going to get to, but keys to Arkansas success and will the, and really the second part of this question I think goes to the first part. But will the offense get it done? This right. Time? So. I'll let you jump in on this one first. I think it's your turn. I don't know.
1: I'll, I'll just – I'll take it. Um, I, I think the first one is is the turnover battle. I think that Arkansas really needs to take care of the ball and to force turnovers, and they've been really good at both of those things so far this season. And on the opposite side, A&M really hasn't. I mean, you you look at a team, they're 3-1 and one with, with a big win over Florida, but they're minus one in the turnover battle. Um So I know that Mond's only thrown two picks. They have three interceptions as a team, um, but they have four fumbles. they fumbled seven times and lost four of them, and they've only forced six turnovers as a defense. So they're not super disruptive as a defense. I think this can be an area that Arkansas can really take advantage of um, and one that is going to be key. I mean, they can't have silly turnovers or special teams blunders and turnovers. Um, that, so the turnovers that they force will only give their offense more confidence and a shorter field to work with. Um, I think also uh, just going along with that as far as will the offense get it done, I, I really think they've got to find a way to run the ball. I mean, I, the run game has been abysmal pretty much every week. And like you said earlier, with a fully healthy Raheem Boyd and Traylon Smith along with him in the backfield, you got to find something that works back there. I think this game is, is obviously probably personal for Boyd because he played at A&M. Um, so I expect him to have a better game than what we've seen from him so far. You may have to use that horizontal passing game and the quick read option RPO type stuff to supplement him, but you can't just run into a brick wall over and over and over. You have to find a way to average at least three to four yards a carry to set yourself up in good position on the six. Uh, I mean, obviously the problem is that A&M has been a tough team to run on. So if that's not working, I think that you need to have a really solid counter in the passing game for that. They've had two weeks to prepare for this, so there's really no excuses for Kendall this game. He should have a great game plan. He's had plenty of time. He's got his weapons back. And, and then finally, I think that probably the biggest key, which goes along with what the forcing turnovers, is just continue the defensive display that they've had. I mean, fly around to the ball, play hard, play fast, be disruptive. Uh, Barry Odom's shown that scheme that wise he's really able to to adapt to pretty much any any offensive scheme that they've seen. And I think that even though um, obviously the issue is that teams have not been able to get to Kellen Mond and sack him and pressure him this year, but I did see a tweet from, from College Football Film Room that was kind of interesting and, and really makes you see that Mond might not be having as good of a year as you would think. So This year, compared to last year, um, he has a worse completion percentage under pressure. He's only completing 38.6% of his passes under pressure. He has a worse completion percentage on throws of 20 yards or more. He's only completing 29.2% of those throws. So there hasn't been a big downfield threat there. Um, And he has fewer yards per rushing attempt, only 4.1, which is more than half of what he had last season. The issue is he's only getting sacked once every 45 drawbacks as opposed to 15 last year. So teams haven't been able to get a lot of pressure on him. But when you can, he's really struggled so far this year. So we've seen in the past that he'll turn the ball over against Arkansas. I think he's got something like four interceptions against Arkansas. So I think if Arkansas can be disruptive and give him different looks, confuse him and make him uncomfortable, They can force those turnovers, and they really – I mean, I just – I don't trust Kellen Mond, and I think that's what it comes down to. I think if Arkansas can slow down the rushing game, force Kellen Mond to beat them, I think that their chances increase exponentially.
0: So, you're usually telling me that I'm stealing everything off of your notes. Well, it sounds quite uh, the the, the same for this week for me. (laughs) And and So, I'm just going to add a couple things. I agree with everything you said there. And and I think the key – the biggest key to this game, look, A&M's probably going to get – some they're going to get theirs in the running game, they, you know. Right. Um, you know, just lack of depth at linebacker. This is this is going to be a very physical game, and it's what AM does well. They're going to run the ball at times. But make Kellen Mond beat you. If Kellen Mond goes out there and beats for three hundred, or throws for three hundred and fifty yards and beats Arkansas, then, then so be it. I'm I'm okay with that. But what I don't want to see is A and M get out there and run for two three hundred yards and just impose their will and, yeah. and and beat Arkansas in that way. And so for me, you know, another huge key: Arkansas has to match A and M's physicality. This will mm-hmm. be, you know, we've talked about this. Georgia was the most, is the most physical team that Arkansas has played this year. Mississippi State's got a good defense. They've proven that over the last few weeks, which has been surprising. Um, they, they've played well. Heck, they, they, held, they held Mond to 13 of 23 for just 139 yards passing when they played a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. So, I mean, so, But, again, when you just talk about physical and, and, and what a team wants to do, this is one of those matchups that, that's going to give Arkansas some fits because these guys are going to hit you back. You know, and I'm not saying Mississippi State and Ole Miss didn't, or Auburn for that matter, but they're not going to hit you back like I think A&M will this week, especially defensively. The running game's got to get a little something going. I don't expect us to go out there and run for 150 or 200 yards, although that would be phenomenal. If we did, we'd win the game. (laughs) but I I think that if Arkansas can get to that hundred yard mark and and more importantly, be consistent running, get that three to four yards, a a clip. And if you can get into that neighborhood and then just free some things up with Franks, he's going to have some open lanes to throw to Burks Warren. Warren's going to be a guy I think this week that is a guy to keep an eye on to take the, obviously we know Burks can take the top off of defense, but so can Davion Warren. And I think this is a week that, that you can do that. Um, so that's, that's extremely important in, in my opinion. And one other thing that really hit me, obviously special teams, but one of the things that really hit me when I was thinking about it, you know, we talked about the cutesy plays and, and, and the, you know, the mm-hmm. slow developing, I saw somebody on Twitter earlier today was like, I hope we break out that TJ Hammond's reverse against AM this week. I'm like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like you, This has gotta be like, you don't really mean that. And, and so for me, I just hope that we don't come out into this game and that Kendall Brawls didn't spend the last two weeks trying to get a little too cute and, and do some special packages coming out of a bye week. I hope mm-hmm. what's happened realistically, and I, I made this point before. Pittman came out and made a very interesting comment after the Ole Miss game, and it was basically, we want to, you know, he, th- he said, I think we can run downhill against people right now. And, and so mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a little different offensive sets from Arkansas. I think they'll still use the read option. I think they'll do what's, what's worked, but I think we may see some eye formation. I think we may see Arkansas, maybe pistol. I think we may see Arkansas try, to, Arkansas try to run downhill more instead of all the misdirection, which would kind of make sense when you're in a game that's going to be extremely physical anyway. So so from, I guess my point is, let's try to stay away from the cutesy plays unless it's just something that when you ran it in practice this week, it worked like 10 out of 10 times. Other than that, Let's not let's stay away from the slow developing things because A and is going to be able to match up well on our front on the front you know up front and it's just I don't like those plays they've not worked out well this year so I hope we stay away from that.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is a I know obviously it's, it's hard to, to judge Kendall Bryles on, on what sort of job he's been doing pretty, pretty much this whole season, um, but this is a pretty big game for him, especially coming off a of bye week. I think it's a pretty big opportunity for him to to prove himself. And just on top of that, just the fact um, that they're playing on the road. I mean, they, they played really well on the road against Mississippi State and even against Auburn, even though they, they lost that game. And Felipe Frank said this week um, that, that he actually prefers road games. And then if you think about it, I mean, his best games that we've seen so far were, were Mississippi State and Auburn on the road. So I think that that can be really important. I think they can feed off of the fact that A&M is going to have a bigger crowd than they probably will see all season because of what they're allowed to have in their stadium. So they can, they can use that as fuel and and be road warrior warriors and and just use that as a positive. I think that they can have a really good chance to hang around and and even win this football game.
0: All right. So that brings us to the official picks. I don't know who went first last time, so I'll just jump into it this time. I'll go first this time. All right. Last week or two weeks ago, I picked against Arkansas because I just was in that, I guess skepticism mode and of course Arkansas handled business against Ole Miss. Didn't really have, excuse me, didn't have a whole lot of struggles there. And so, you know, a bye week to prepare an A&M game. It's going to be personal for a few guys. Arkansas just continues to do well. And I love what Odom, actually I love what Sam Pittman had to say about Odom and talking about how, look, he can game plan anything. We need to go man to man. We can do that. And these kids trust it. So, the fact that I feel that confident in our defensive coordinator, and I think Kellen Mond is Kellen Mond this week, and by that I mean not great Kellen Mond or good Kellen Mond, however mm-hmm. you want to put it. I think Arkansas goes down to Kyle Field, heads down to College Station, comes out with a win, 34-24, to 24, Hogs. We'll mm, pig. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> okay, well – Last week, I know we
1: did our we did our updated season predictions, and um, I called this game. I said it would be a lot. Um, but the, the more the closer we've gotten to this game time, the more confident I've become. And it probably goes back to that the conversation we had at the beginning of the pod, just maybe overconfidence. I don't know, but there's just something about this team that instills confidence in you. And, and like you said, I think it's, it's it's Barry Odom and it's the defense. I mean, defense travels. And this team, they, they've shown the ability to play defense against pretty much any scheme or talent levels they've faced so far. And personally, I, I get that A&M's number eight. I, I understand that they beat Florida. I still think they're overrated. I mean, I think when you look at it, both teams should have the same record. A&M barely beat Vanderbilt. They got uh, They hung with Bama for a little bit, but they got blown out by Alabama. And they didn't look super impressive against Mississippi State either. And I think everyone's perception of them is pretty much based solely on that one upset win over Florida, who in my opinion has a much worse defense than Arkansas. You saw a good Kellen Mond that day. He was able to show up and had a really big game. I don't trust him to be able to do that consistently. And I think Arkansas has a defense that can really slow him down. Uh, If Arkansas fails to establish that run game that we said and can't be disruptive and get pressure and force any turnovers, they'll probably lose. Um, But, I'm betting on the opposite side that they can do that. I think that Bryles and Odom will both have a really good game plan, especially coming out of a bye week. I think it's been over thirty, at least over three thousand days. Maybe it's like thirty-three hundred something days since Arkansas has beaten Texas A&M, which is crazy. Um, but in my opinion, on Halloween night in College Station, I think that ends. I think Arkansas pulls the upset. I think that they go to three and two, four and one with an asterisk. I hate saying that word. I don't know how to pronounce it. But And by Monday, Arkansas is a ranked football team. I think the Hogs pulled the upset 27
0: 23. Woo pig, baby. Let's Whoa, go. Pig. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So on to the picks. We'll rapid fire some picks here and uh, we'll stop. We'll end this pod about 25 minutes shorter than last week's pod. <laughs> so, updated numbers on the stats. It, it, I'm winning nineteen to eighteen, thanks to Missouri of all places. Yeah, thanks yeah. to Missouri last week with that win over. I don't. I don't know how to pick these games this year. I mean, I, everything's so weird. I have no idea how to pick these games. It is tough. It has been tough, but you know, I mean, it's fun still. So it uh, is. I love it. So big one, fun one down in Lexington. Number five Georgia travels to Lexing- Lexington, Lexington, K- Kentucky, to take take on a uh, very offensive Kentucky team in terms of on the offensive side of the ball. Georgia's a 17-point favorite. How do you see this game?
1: Um, All I really have to say on this one is that Kentucky lost to Missouri last week, so Georgia wins easy.
0: Yeah, so yeah, there's, there's nothing more to be said here. I, I think Georgia probably covers that 17 number. Kentucky's going to come out and want to play hard. They're going to play some decent defense. This game will probably be close. I think this will be a typical Georgia game. And Georgia will probably be up you know 7 to 10 points at the half and then win it by 20, 24 in the second yeah. half. So, all right, I agree. On to LSU at Auburn. LSU is a three-point favorite in this game. And I will jump on this one first, so uh, let's see. I, I now, I, you know, I'm, I'm terrible on my homework on this game, but I'm assuming Miles Brennan is still out. I, I did not. Let me see. Let me click on this real Yeah,
1: quick. I have, honestly I haven't even seen. Let's see. They didn't seem to miss him too much last no, week.
0: No, that, uh, that, that freshman that they threw out there looked pretty darn good. I'm yeah. not seeing, but I, I don't really care. I, I, it doesn't really <laughs> matter. Yeah, anything. I'm with you. I think
1: it's they're they're comparable.
0: Yeah, I don't really care who they start, but this is such an odd game for me because LSU looked better last week, a lot better than I anticipated they would. I think. Yeah. We both took South Carolina, and that game wasn't even close. Um, and, and so, you know, I think LSU might have figured out a few things. This one's down in in Auburn, on the plains but I don't care what happens this year. I will take the L every week. I'm not picking Auburn. Ever. It just ain't happening. I, I want to see them lose every game if possible, and and maybe this is like me and my Arkansas bias, but I'm not picking Auburn for nothing. So it's LSU, and, and, and I don't care. LSU's winning this game, and it's crazy that it's come to the point where I hate Auburn more than I do LSU. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I picked,
1: against both LSU and Auburn last week and they both ended up burning me there um even though I think Auburn still deserved to lose another game um but it's funny that you said that because I put in my notes that I I just can't bring myself to pick a team coached by Gus and Chad Morris I just can't do it I mean LSU seems to have found something on offense and their defense didn't look quite as putrid as it had been against South Carolina so I'm with you. I can't pick Auburn. I'm picking LSU to win this game on the road.
0: And look, I read something. I don't know how true it is. Maybe it was just uh, maybe it was just you know, internet conjecture. But I read somewhere that uh, Joey Gatewood may be starting for for Auburn. So um, you know, we'll see. Let's see. I find it interesting too. Not Gatewood. He's not at Auburn, is he? I was about to say, yeah, he's didn't he transfer to Kentucky? Kentucky, maybe that, that's what it was. Gatewood's going to get Yeah, because I think Perry Kentucky. Wilson's out. You're right, yeah. you're right. I'm just kidding. Just correct me there. I'm an idiot. <laughs> if you don't, you're we'll right. wear. We'll, will later. So, um, I do find this interesting, though, when you look at the numbers, that LSU's a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Auburn. As tough as yeah. the season's been for LSU, it's and LSU's bringing a second-string quarterback into this game. Like, I'm a little surprised. I just think,
1: yeah, I just think it shows. I mean, I – I don't know how anybody can really believe in Auburn. I mean, they've, yeah. they've been given multiple gifts this season. They're they're a few calls away from being a one and four football team, and, and that whole town burning down. So I, I, I don't I don't believe in Auburn. I still don't think that 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 offense is ever going to get off the ground with Chad. So I'm with you. I, I can't take them to win a game.
0: Right, I got a feeling these last three aren't going to be much different between the two of us. But to Ole Miss at Vandy. Probably not. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm going to go with Mark Amin over
0: here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the problem with a lot of these games is they're, they're big favorites in them, so we're probably not going to pick any upsets. But, but Ole Miss is, is, to me, probably the most exciting 1-4 team you've seen in a while. I mean, they probably should have beaten Auburn last week. Um, I like the offense, and, and I have somewhat of a growing affinity for Lane Kiffin because of his pettiness towards the SEC lately. And, and the positive vibes that he's shown towards Arkansas, even though he did kind of spite us in the coaching search, but i would pass past that. I think mm-hmm. the coaches ended up where they needed to be. Um, but I think I think the Lane train rolls over the Commodores by three touchdowns.
0: Yeah, that game's not going to be close. Ole Miss, hey, Ole Miss gets back on the winning side of things this week for sure. All right, Mississippi State at Alabama. Alabama. I, I just, I mean, anybody, you, you, you gonna pick? You gonna pick Mississippi State? Yeah, I am. Okay. Sweet. No, I'm, I'm just not <laughs> I mean, did you,
1: did, you, did you see that, that mass exodus that they've had? I mean, I think they've had seven guys leave, including Colin Hill, and it's pretty much what you predicted at the beginning of the year. I mean, the players are all the way under the bus already with Leach um yeah, I mean I, 30 I, I, what's the line on this? last time? I thought it, it was like 31 and a half which 30 is quite a, a bit.
0: Yeah, 30 and a half and,
1: I don't I don't know if they quite cover that. I mean they they certainly are capable, but yeah, I think Bama went very comfortably.
0: Yeah, I think Bama covers this just because I mean, right. you, you see how predictable Mississippi State's been on offense, and now they have nobody. I mean, you got you, know, right. you don't have uh, a Colin Hill cuz you know, they don't even know if he's on the team off the team what he's doing <laughs> i mean that's a mess in and of itself so maybe yeah. someone
1: should go search for him i mean do we know where he
0: is <laughs> yeah somebody might want to check but <laughs> yeah i just alabama's gonna have a field day in this game i think and so yeah i, I mean the over under 64 i mean if lane i mean if if saban and, and and those guys wanted to i think they could put 64 up by themselves so uh probably i, yeah. so. I yeah. anyway not a lot more to say there all right missouri at florida who you got
1: um, on this one, I mean, the Gators are, are coming off their, their COVID Um it, it feels like they've had basically three months to prepare for this game or something like that. I don't know. I mean, it's, when's the last time they've played? I think it was 2019. Right. Uh, but, and the Tigers did pull that upset um, over a team with absolutely no offense last week. But uh, I don't know. Last time I checked, uh, their coach is still Drinkwitz and he's still a dweeb. And, and Florida still has the Kyle. So I. I think the Gators win and they cover, and, and Missouri probably gets COVID immediately after the game.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not going in a different direction. I'm going to go with Florida. And part of me wanted to say, you yeah, know, this game might be closer than what they know. I think Florida's defense finds some things this week. I think they've, assuming everyone's back from COVID, they don't have any crazy issues from that. They've learned their lessons. They're, you know, they're 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 not out partying with all the all the others in Gainesville, but uh, or whatever the scenario is there. So um, I like Florida big here. I just. I think, I think this is one of those games where, you know, Drink kind of gets welcomed back to the SEC pretty rudely <laughs> this week. So uh, You didn't yeah. want to ride the ride the Missouri train two weeks in a row. That's a negative. That's no. I'll keep – since we're, we're all square on every game this week, I'll just keep my one game. This that, week. that is a very smart strategy by you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't win a lot, so I got to take it when I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, that's going to do it, and um, so I don't have anything else. You got anything else for us this week?
1: No, just everybody have a have a safe and, and happy Halloween. I mean, it's a big game this weekend. I know a lot of people, I don't know where A&M sits on the pecking order for everybody personally, but they're one of the teams that I just really dislike. I think they feel like a cult. I've always thought they were really weird and, and full of themselves, so this is one that I'd really like Arkansas to get if they can, and, and just for the program in general, they recruit a lot of players in that area and competing at A and M and recruiting a lot. And just for the notoriety, they would get to probably be ranked after that, after beating a top ten team. Just, a, just a huge opportunity for them to prove themselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of very. I guess confident talk coming out of the A and M message boards and such. So yeah. hopefully yeah. Arkansas can kind of shut some of that up. Uh, and uh, just so this week, no natural state sports high school football game of the week. Uh, we've had some we had some opportunities. We had a couple different places we thought about going, but um, I wasn't comfortable with our internet situations at either one of those places. So working on some fun things for next week, the final week of the season. But if I can, uh, if I can, if the wife will allow me, then I may try to sneak out to that Bryant North Little Rock game tomorrow night since it's Ooh, right down the street. One. Yeah, right. And it's right down the street from me. And I got this cool little pass over here that gets me wherever I want to go. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. I may may try to head over there and, and get to that one. And then make sure you guys catch us on Sunday afternoon uh, for the Harris made chef services live fan reaction show on our natural state sports page. And that is, that is aired on the natural state sports Facebook page, as well as the YouTube page. So make sure you catch that. And and then of course, go see our friends over at heart of grace outdoors and, uh, and get you some cool swag, some hog swag. It's not razorback. It's H O G. And that's the acronym for heart of grace. So go see our buddies, Wes and Vanessa over there and get you some good swag from there. And uh, other than that, man, enjoy the game. Uh, don't let your kids eat all those marijuana edibles that they're warning us about in the news right now when they get their candy on Saturday night. Uh, you, check for knives. Yeah, check for knives. Um, you might want to check for knives before you eat your kids' marijuana edibles. Um, and uh, Other than that, man, have fun, enjoy the game, and woo pig. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff, man. Always good. <laughs> All right. How have we not? How have we gotten this all time without talking about Jimbo Fisher? How much he's overpaid? I can't believe
1: we overlooked that. <laughs>
0: Hopefully next week we'll get to talk all about that after an Arkansas win. I plan on it. Yes, sir. Woo pig. Until next week.